about we stand to our feet and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Wherever you are, um, stand to your feet with me. Stretch your legs out a little bit. And we're going to lift our voice and we're going to call on the name of the Lord tonight together. Again, pray for our church family, strength, healing, um, the power of God to continue to move among us. And, and and pray for the church to stay strong and for the church to do what God designed it to do in this hour. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we give you the honor and the praise tonight. You are our God, our King. Lord, there is none like you. We're so grateful. We're a part of this great and tremendous family of God. And Lord, we are just so privileged. We love you, Jesus. Oh, what a mighty God you are. You are our Father. We cry, Abba, Father. You are so wonderful and kind, so just awesome to us. And we're grateful to be called the children of the Most High God. We're grateful, Lord Jesus, to be chosen of you. We're thankful, Lord God, for all the many blessings you have bestowed upon us and for how you have kept us, Lord God, and for how you have protected us, Almighty God, and for how you have shown us love, Almighty God. Oh, Father, so often I think of your goodness and I say, my God, I'm not deserving of your goodness. I'm not deserving of your kindness. I'm not deserving of your love, but yet you still show us love and kindness. You are so wonderful. You are just so indescribable. There is not enough vocabulary words to describe how good you are to us and how you are with us. Lord, tonight we're calling upon your name as your children one more time. Asking, Lord God, that you'll have your way in our church family. That, Lord God, you will move on us in a special way as you've already shown us what you can do. I pray, Father, for protection. I pray, Lord God, that you will heal and that you will strengthen the church family, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that faith will increase, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God, that there will be a boldness that will come upon the body of believers. Believers, uh, that Lord God, there will be a confidence that will come upon the body of believers. That Lord, we will know assuredly uh, that Father, there are greater things ahead. Uh, there are greater works that we will do, uh, and the church, Lord God, is just getting started uh, to do what you've called us to do. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, Lord, I thank you for what I feel right now in this place. Uh, I thank you, Lord God, for the family of. God that you have assembled together in this hour this finest hour this greatest challenging hour I thank you for the body of believers and for Lord God what you're doing in us and through us Lord God I pray an anointing that will begin to flow within the body Lord that we've never seen an anointing Lord God that will cause us to do thy bidding to 
to do, Lord God, what you've called us to do. Oh God, have your way in us, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the church, Lord God, will, oh God, go to a new dimension in you. That the church, Lord God, will begin to do the things that the church was placed here to do. Have your way, Lord Jesus, in us. Do what only you can do, Lord God, through us. For Lord, we will worship you. We will lift up your name. We will honor you, Lord God, and proclaim your will. Your name, Lord God, will be exalted among us. That Lord, this world will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. God manifest in flesh. That Jesus is Almighty God sitting on the throne. That Jesus is our King. And Lord, that you have all power. There is no power that you don't have. You have all power. And Lord, I pray that this world will come to know you and love you. In the name of Jesus Christ, will you have your way, Lord God, in this Bible study tonight? Will you guide us through? Will you reveal the mysteries of the scriptures, Lord God? Will you reveal the unseen to us tonight, Lord, that we can see what we've never seen, that we can understand what we've never understood, and that we will receive wisdom from you to apply these words, this understanding that you will give to us. Jesus, have your way tonight. Bless our time of studying your word. Bless our time of coming together, Lord God, being on one accord, being under one banner, being the children of God, being, oh God, your children. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Will you help us tonight, Lord? Will you speak to us tonight, Lord? Will you allow the Holy Ghost to work in our midst wherever we are. For wherever we are tonight, Lord, will you help us and work with us? Will you reveal to us things, Lord God, that only you can? Have your way, O God. We give you praise and honor. We call on your name, Lord. Bless our homes, Lord God. I pray that our homes right now will be filled with the Shekinah glory of God, with the presence of the Lord in a strong way. That, Lord God, every family tonight night will know the presence of the Lord is imminent. The presence of the Lord yes, it's manifested in my house. Lord, bless this home. Bless their homes. Bless every home, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And every family, bless them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Every family, Lord, let them experience the joy. Let them experience the strength. Let them experience the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and bind them together in unity of your spirit and bind them together Lord God in one that they will be in one accord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus there is none like you oh God we thank you tonight we honor you and we bless your name the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever there is none like you thank you oh great God Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. We give you honor and praise, Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Church, I don't know about you, but I do feel like the Holy Ghost is in me. If you got the Holy Ghost in you, I want you to begin to praise and magnify the Lord. 
the name of Jesus. If you have the Holy Ghost in you, allow him to just move in you. Allow him to move outside of you. God wants to do something in you. God wants to do something through you. God wants to do something. Let him have his way, church. Let him have his way. Oh, God, have your way in us, Lord Jesus. Have your way. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Have your way, sweet spirit. Have your way, sweet spirit. Oh, my God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank oh, you, Lord. God. The Lord Thank is great. You, oh, God is so wonderful. Thank he is real Jesus. as real can be. Amen. Don't forget this Saturday. <laughs> this Saturday is our prayer breakfast. And why am I telling you, since we are not allowed to gather together at this time? I'm telling you because Saturday morning I will get up at 8 a.m. and I will pray and do what we normally do. We won't stream that prayer meeting, but we will pray. So if you can join me Saturday morning at 8 a.m. and pray, let's pray. And when you are done praying, hum a song, sing a song. Amen. Read something. Let the Spirit of God lead you. And afterwards, enjoy breakfast on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Hallelujah. So this Saturday is our prayer breakfast. So join in. It will not be live stream, but we will be doing it from wherever the location or locations are that we're all going to be. So let's dig into the word of the Lord tonight. We've Amen. been talking about finding favor, and that is finding favor with God. Uh, last week we talked about, I'm not sure if we said it enough, but you got the gist of it, of being righteous in an unrighteous world. Tonight we're going to talk about called to commitment. Called to commitment. Commitment is a very powerful word, and it's one that holds just just tremendous, tremendous value to me in my life. Um, if, if, if we're going to make it to the end in Jesus Christ, commitment needs to be a, a really valuable word in your life. It needs to be lived out in your life, because it's only through commitment will we take this thing through till the end. Amen. And so let's look at Genesis chapter 6. You may be seated if you're still standing. Let's look at Genesis chapter 6, verse number 13. And we'll read from verse 13 through 18. And let's kind of just take our time and go through the scriptures and see what it's telling us. Verse number 13 says, And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 
And so it's very, very interesting to see that God started saying he will destroy the earth because of the violence that's, that's, that, that's filled the earth. And so when we begin to become violent and, and begin to become evil and go against one another, it, it, it rubs God the wrong way and that gets him agitated. Verse 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now, in case you missed what that is, he is saying, get some tar. When you get the gopher wood and you make rooms, he said, get some tar and seal it from inside and seal it from outside. So tar is what you use to seal it up. So water was not going to be able to get inside the ark. Verse number 15, and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof, with lower second and third stories shall thou make it. Now, those are some very detailed instructions, so I want you to keep that in mind. Verse 17, and behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. I like verse 18, but with thee I will establish my covenant. And so God told Noah, I am going to destroy everything on the earth, all flesh, everything I've made, but I will establish my covenant with you. And so in order to experience some, 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 some favor from God, in order to establish, uh, in order to, 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 to be sure that you can experience favor, there is going to have to be some actions proceeding. And so we read last week how Noah had a relationship with God long before God says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And now here we're seeing God is making a covenant with Noah, but he's making a covenant with Noah because Noah had found grace, because Noah had decided to do right even when everyone else was doing wrong. Amen. And so we're going to see God uh, uh, show us favor. There are certain things that we're going to have to show God to garner his favor. And one of the things that we're going to have to show God to garner his favor is to be committed. Noah was tired. He was also hot and sticky for months. He and his sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth, had been waterproofing his massive thing. 
It was the largest construction project anyone had ever not undertaken. Far bigger than a house. The exterior of the structure was 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. It had taken years. Mm -hmm. Check this out. Just to cut down the trees and cut them into usable lumber. So before you can even start building the ark, they had to cut down trees and then make lumbers out of the trees before they could even start building the ark. Noah's family had cleared acres of forest land and now in the middle of a field stood this huge vessel. It wasn't even close to a body of water and there were no way to move this vessel. You know what's interesting when I thought about some of these things that was going on? What Noah was doing, if it had never rained, the flood would have never came, he wouldn't look like the just the just the the grandest idiot and fool that ever lived because that big massive structure would have stood in that woods for many years reminding him how stupid he was for building this massive structure saying it was going to rain and it never rained. My God, God is, is, is he's not going to ever make us look bad. If God tell us to do something, he won't make us look bad. We don't have to worry about it. so oftentimes that we feel that, that, that there's a voice talking to us or even through the preach word, we're getting instructions to go and do something of God and we start to think about embarrassment before we think about the result or what great thing can come from what we're being told to do. We're, we're quick to worry about what if I look bad doing this? What if, what if I get embarrassed doing this? We think about those things before we even think about the greatness of God just saying, go and do something. Come on. Over the last decade, Noah wondered on several occasions if he had lost his Mind. Let me tell you, when we decide to obey God, it doesn't mean we're still not wondering, God, are you sure about this? As I like to kid with you all the time, I'm still asking God, is he sure about what he has done with my life? Are you sure that, that this is what you want from my life? Are you sure that I can do what you're asking me to do, Lord? So, so when God called you for a great undertaking, you probably still will question it, but it doesn't mean that God didn't say that's what he called you to do. Amen. And so I'm sure Noah questioned God. No, the whole time he's trying to build this massive structure, but he's still building it. And it's what we like to say is better to be safe than sorry. And when God has called you to do something, it's best to be safe than sorry. It might seem a little just kind of off. It might not seem normal like everything else. But it's best to go ahead and do what you believe God has called you to do. Even if you're not certain, just go ahead and do it. Because God will see to it that it gets done if you will trust him. Amen. Amen. Noah figured in a few more months they would be finished coating the outside of the structure and then it would be time to repeat the whole process on the inside. Mm -hmm. It was year 17 of the project and Noah's family had a long way to go. Once the edifice was waterproofed inside and out, it was time to start the construction of the interior decks. God told Noah build three levels and then add walls to create stalls for the different animals. 
The decks had to be sturdy enough to withstood the weight of the massive animals like the cattle and the elephant. The walls needed to be strong enough to keep the animals separated. Noah wondered how best to sort the animals, but that was a logistical headache years away. For now, he just needed to focus on the section of a wall in front of him and keep spreading the tar. <laughs> spreading the tar. He was waterproofing this, the, 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 the ark. Noah was not in it for the, let me say it this way. Noah was in it for the long haul. And if it took another 50 years to complete this assignment, he was committed to what God had asked him to build. Amen. When God asks us to do something, it might seem like it could take this amount of time or that amount of time. My advice to you is whatever God asks us to do, let's not worry about the time it's going to take. Let's be focused on the process of what God is asking us to do. Let's be focused on the details of what God is asking us to do. Not worry about the time because what God is asking us to do usually is going to be a lifetime. It's not just going to be oh, just a flyby night thing. It's not going to probably just be an overnight thing. God is calling us to do something that's going to last a lifetime. Yeah. Somebody say a lifetime. a lifetime. Amen. Most of us are familiar with the story of Noah and the ark, but have you ever given serious thoughts to Noah and his family, what they have accomplished, what they accomplished doing what God asked them to do. What God asked Noah to do is difficult for us to imagine. Right. Noah and his family built by hand a giant ship, one and a half times the length of a football field. No power tools or construction equipment were used. This was the undertaking of a lifetime, not a summer weekend project. Come on, Noah. Amen. Noah and his family wasn't playing games. In the first lesson that we talked about uh, last week, we, we see how Noah found grace because he lived righteously. And now we turn to this next major idea, this example that Noah is teaching us. That God's favor requires commitment. Somebody say that with me. God's favor requires commitment. If we're going to see great favor from God, it's going to require commitment from us. Commitment is not a fun word. It is it, it, it is easy to like something on social media or to claim a particular cause as our own. It is another matter entirely to really commit to something. We are called to be committed to the plan of God. Right. We are called to be committed to Almighty God. Right. Commitment is costly. Somebody say that with me. Commitment is costly. Yes, Noah found God's favor, but the favor came at a high price. The price called commitment. Amen. Say amen. Amen. The price called commitment. God shared with Noah his disappointment at human society's corruption, and he warned Noah of the coming judgment. When God told Noah about the impending destruction of the world, he also told Noah 
how to save his family. God will tell secrets to his friends. God will tell secrets to those that are close to him. And when God was ready to destroy the world, he told Noah because Noah had found favor, because Noah was close to him, because Noah is committed to him. He shared with Noah what he was going to do and told Noah how Noah would escape. Come on. Look at this. But in order for Noah to rescue his wife and children, he had to commit to God's plan. And that was to, and that was going to take decades of hard work. In order for Noah to comply with God's plan, that was going to take decades of hard work. Amen. Amen. Every time I go through the scriptures and look at God's uh, detailed plan of whatever he's doing, and, and then you look at this particular situation here with Noah, and people just think that all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe with your heart and you're saved. I just, I just don't, it, it just don't compute how we can fall for such uh, error to think that all we have to do is confess and believe and we're going to be fine. God give detailed plan and we have to follow the plan that God has given. The detail that God has given, we have to follow it. On top of it, we have to stay committed to it. Now, we all might not have to do the same exact thing Noah did to be saved, but we all are going to have to have a long-term commitment to God to experience what Noah experienced this great salvation, this great escape. Although God asked Noah to do something that was going to take years of labor, God did not leave Noah without a plan. Church, I know God has been staying for a long time. He is going to return. He's going to return. And there's plenty of people ahead of, before us that, that, that believe that God is going to return in their lifetime and they died and they've gone on. But I'm telling you, at some point in time, God will return. That's right. Amen. Come on. In Genesis 6, the text we read 6, 14 through 18, we read a summary of God's instruction to Noah, but even this summary contains specific orders. God did not simply tell Noah to build a big boat and put lots of animals in it. Noah was given exact dimensions for the length, the width, the height of this unique vessel. Right. He was told how much ventilation to put below the roof line and how to divide up the interior space. God told Noah how many of every kind of animals to gather and remain him to take enough provision for a long journey. Right. God gave Noah a lot of specifics. When God asked Noah to commit to something this significant, he gave Noah instructions proportional to the task God was enacting a, a rescue plan and salvation requires clear direction. Somebody say salvation requires salvation clear requires direction. direction. Amen. Amen. Like Noah, we also have been given a rescue plan. God brought judgment on the ancient world through destruction by water. 
But he saved a righteous family with specific plan of action. In Second Peter, we are warned that God will bring judgment on the world once again, this time through fire. Second Peter 3 and 10. The word of God says in Second Peter 3 and 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversations and godliness? Church, we've got to know that we are in the last and final days. And our conversations have to be godly. Our way of living has to be godly. And so we need to begin to anticipate the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and live as such. Verse 12, looking for and hasting unto coming of the Lord, the coming of the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. However, we do not have to live in fear. We don't have to live if we're going to be the church of the living God. If we're going to live a committed life to Christ, we don't have to live in fear. For God has also given us specific instructions for our salvation. We are living in the last days of the age Peter warned about in his epistle and on the day of Pentecost as he explored the, implored the crowd to save yourselves from this untoward generation. When we commit to the new birth plan of salvation in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, when we live a life of obedience to God's word, more on that in the next lesson, we will also find favor with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The second principle we can observe from Noah's dedication to building the ark is the commitment to God. Or should I say it this way? Commitment to God costs something. Commitment to God costs something. Amen. For Noah... Building an ark for the salvation of his family became a life-consuming task. Scripture does not tell us how long it took Noah to construct the ark, but it was not quick. We do know from Genesis 5.32 that Noah was 500 years old when his sons were born, and from Genesis 7.11 that... He was 600 years old when the flood came. Sometime during that century, he was warned by God about the coming flood and instruction to build a boat. It is not a stretch to think it took Noah the majority of that 100 years 
to carry out the, in, the construction project to build that ark. Time was not the only cost of Noah's commitment. Mm -hmm. Ark building was a back-breaking labor. Help me, somebody. Man, the Lord know we got a call to do what? Because you all know how I feel about that that moving and laboring thing. Boy, that's just a tough one for me. But if the Lord called me to do it, what am I going to do? I'm going to do it. But I, can, I just, I just, I'm just glad that God called Noah to do that and didn't call me to do, build the ark. I don't know. The the, the 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 opening narrative of the lesson only skims the surface of how much work it took to build this massive boat. Right. Noah needed space to build this extremely large supply of lumber, thousands of gallons of pitch tar, and for the edifice this large. He would have also needed some kind of support structure to build a boat and to keep it upright. Right. A lot went into trying to keep this thing right. The, 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 I'm sure the, I wouldn't say the cost because probably it would just, everything that he needed was probably just out in the, the, the earth and he just went and got it. Whether we look at time, material, or labor, the cost was steep. It just took a lot out of Noah to, to, to gather everything together and to build that ark. It was not easy. Mm -hmm. But what price do you put on the salvation of your life and your family? What price will you put on salvation? Hmm. I'm telling you there is no price for salvation. There is no price. What if, if God is going to destroy this world by fire and he's telling you, prepare yourself, do this and do that so you can escape that because you have found favor with me. There is nothing that God should be calling us to do that we shouldn't say, oh, Lord, not a big thing. We will do what you want us to do because there should not be a price we should be willing to put on our salvation. We need to do whatever it takes to obtain our salvation. Right, there was an additional cost to Noah's commitment. The loss of his reputation in the community. The loss of Noah's reputation in the community was a big loss, was a big commitment. Mm -hmm. And so while Noah was doing it, everybody in the community was looking at him like he was this foolish old man. Right. How does that compare to us today? We're going the extra mile to make sure that we're still praying together, that we're still worshiping together. Uh, we're, we're doing church through live feed on social media platforms. And some people are saying, is it that in important. God is everywhere. Why we got to do this and why we got to do that? Right. Well, I'm telling you something. I'm not worried about what you're asking. Amen. I'm not worried about what you're saying right. because my reputation is with Jesus. Amen. And if it look a little weird of what we're trying to do to keep our relationship with our God, of keeping our commitment to Jesus Christ, yes. we might seem a little off. We might seem a little weird, but that's part of the deal. Yes. It's my commitment to the 
Lord. And it might have something to do with my reputation with the world, and that's fine. But if my reputation with Jesus is wonderful, then that's what's important. Somebody, you can't worry about getting together around your phone or getting together around your TV or getting together wherever you get together. It might look weird. Somebody might talk about you and say, is it that important? Is it that serious? I feel like I'm talking to the Holy Ghost right now. That somebody is giving you a hard time because they're saying how important is it for you to listen to somebody talk to you about Jesus? Can't you go read your Bible by yourself? Can't you go do this? Well, I'm here to tell you, brother. I'm here to tell you, sister. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on tuning into the live feed. Keep on staying connected with the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter what kind of reputation people give us because that's part of the commitment that we've made to God that whatever we need to do to gather together, let's do it. Whatever we need to do to preach the gospel, let's do it. Whatever we need to do to keep worshiping God, let's do it. And so if people want to give us a bad reputation and thinking that we soft or thinking that we don't have the fortitude, say that's alright. We trust Jesus Christ. Just like Noah trusts him, we trust him. And we believe that at the end, we will be saved. We believe in the end, we will reap the benefits. Somebody ought to praise God, for God is great and greatly to be praised. What Noah did was no secret. You cannot hide from your neighbors, uh, hide from your neighbor a 450 feet long, 70 feet wide, and, and, and 40 feet high structure that took decades to build. Noah couldn't hide who he was in God. And you are not going to maybe be able to hide who you are in Christ when you stay committed to Him. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. In 2 Peter 2 and 5 described Noah as the preacher or the herald of righteousness, which suggests that he tried to warn his community of the coming flood. He tried to warn them. Noah tried to tell them there was a coming flood. Yet in Matthew 24 verse 38, Jesus mentioned that the, the that right up to the day Noah and his family entered the ark, the people around him continued to eat drink and marry. <laughs> At best, Noah was ignored and shunned by these folks around him. More likely, his family was ridiculed and mocked by people whose thoughts were constantly evil. Peyton, Jordan, and all the young people in our church, listen to me carefully. Please, don't try to be like all the other kids because you're not like all the other kids. Amen. You are the children of God. And they might think you're weird for how you much you go to church and what you think about God. But the bottom line is you're not like them. Amen. You don't have to shun them. You don't have to treat them differently. Love them all the way. But you stand up for God. Don't you worry about saying that you love Jesus. Don't you worry about saying Jesus is my God. Don't you worry worry about saying one day I'm going to heaven. You don't have to make them feel bad, but don't let them make you feel bad because you are a child of God. You've been chosen by God. You have a special place in the kingdom of God and one day God is coming back 
for you. And so you got to trust God and not worry about your reputation with your friends. Somebody say amen. Amen. More likely, his family was ridiculed and mocked by a a people whose thoughts were constantly evil. Once the ark was completed, that was Noah, that, that was completed what was Noah to do if the waters did not come. He could not have moved the boat that size on his own. Right. He couldn't have done anything. Couldn't. Like Noah, God calls us to live differently from those around us. And they will often not understand the choices we make for those who come to Jesus as adults. Their lifestyle may take a radical shift and former friends may ridicule them. When we start living for God, we can't worry about what our friends think about our new lifestyle. We love our friends, but we got to let them know this is the new lifestyle that I'm living in. Come on. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the floods of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge every one of us, both the living and the dead. Commitment to God requires our time our labor, our money, and possibly our social standing. Mm -hmm. When God calls us to commit to him, he expects everything we have. This principle was not only present in the life of Noah, but it was repeated in the covenant God enacted with Moses and the children of Israel. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 and 5, The word of the Lord says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. God expect those who commit to him to do so with their whole being. You cannot partially commit to God Either you are all in or you are not committed at all. Trying to serve God without full commitment is a tiring, miserable experience. Jesus warned his listeners about the impossibility of serving two masters at the same time. Although fully committed to what God asks us to do may cost us everything, It is much better than the alternative. Yes. The third and final principle we learn from Noah's faithfulness to God's instruction is that commitment to God leads to his blessing and reward. Commitment to God leads to his blessing and reward. For Noah, this blessing includes the salvation of his family. Although God was going to destroy the world, he made special provision for Noah. By the time Noah was 500 years old, the world was so corrupt that God regretted making humans. But Noah was the exception. You are the exception, church. Amen. His commitment to God did not start when he was 
to told to build an ark. It started long before. It was because of his commitment that God saved him. Even though God asked Noah to do something incredibly challenging, God's favor, blessing was with Noah throughout the entire process. Amen. When God tells you to do something and you and you just just go and do it and you are committed to it God will be with you his favor will be with you throughout the entire process. Right. This is why people that are in church and living right and you hear them say favor ain't fair and God is just blessing me. Yeah because why? If we are doing what God commanded us to do and we're keeping that commitment and we're we're serving him because of what he called us to do in every aspect as we're following as we're doing what God want us to do. Guess what? He is showing us favor and he's showing us blessings in that entire time and even when it don't seem like it's favor right, even right, when it right, don't right, seem man. like it's blessing right. it is blessing and favor the entire time right, we are right, living God. for God it is worth the church to stay committed to God when we say yes Lord to right. anything that he commands Amen. us to do trust me it is worth it in the highs and the lows in the not so good times and the not so bad times God is going to show us blessing. He's going to show us favor in the entire process, no matter what's going on. Even in the worst of times, like we believe we're in right now, God will always show us favor and blessing in the process. You don't have to worry in saying, can I trust God? Why is it seem like my life is falling apart? The wheels is falling off. I, I'm here to tell you tonight, God will not call you to do something and not show you favor and blessing if you stay committed to the process. Yeah. Stay committed to the process. Don't you waver. This is not the time to second guess. Yeah. This is not the time to say whether or not you believe God or you don't believe God. Yeah. For some reason, God had me preach a message about two weeks ago that God is faithful. Yeah. God was trying to tell us something so far ahead. He was letting us know that no matter what it looks like, no matter how the situation is going, you better trust me and know that I am faithful. Just keep on doing what I am telling you to do. Just keep on serving the way I command you to serve. Just stay committed to the plan that I called you to stay committed to. And if you will do such things, I will bring you through. I will show you favor. I will show you blessings. I will continue to be with you. Somebody hear me loud and clear tonight. Jesus is what to bring us through. But we got to stay committed. And we cannot waver. We cannot speculate or guess. We cannot go with the crowd. Just trust God because he is faithful. Amen. 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 My God. My God. My God, hallelujah. We serve a wonderful God. Amen. God's blessings and rewards continue to follow Noah even after the flood. Even after the flood. After, the flood. after spending a year on the ark, 
God told Noah to get out of the boat and repopulate the earth. Mm -hmm. God then blessed Noah and his sons, gave them dominion over the animal kingdom, and granted Noah an unusually long life. After the flood, Noah lived another 350 years, making him the third longest living human in the history behind his great-great-grandfather Jared and his grandfather Methuselah. God does not ask the same thing of every person, and we do not always know what God will require of us in the future. Noah was the only person God asked to build a giant vessel, thank God, to save his family and the animals from the worldwide flood. What we do see from the life of Noah is that God shows favor to those who commit to him. Like Noah, God may interrupt our normal experience and ask us to do something extraordinary. Mm -hmm. But also like Noah, we can be sure that when God, be sure that when we commit to what God has asked, he will instruct us, walk with us through that journey and grant us his special favor. God will grant us special favor if we will stay committed to what he has called us to do. Stand with me. I thank God for his goodness and his mercy. I felt the spirit of God in 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 a way that's just moving me, directing me. I can't explain it quite well what's going on, but there's there's something happening in the Holy Ghost. And I want you to hear every word that was spoken to you tonight under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I spoke, I believe, under God's inspiration and not man's inspiration. And I believe that if you will hear me tonight and stay committed to what God has called you to, God called us into the church. He saved us. He washed us with his blood. He filled us with his spirit. And he is calling us to stay committed so he can show us extraordinary favor. And church, we don't want to waver in this hour. We don't want to waver in this time right now. We need to be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. We need to know and understand that God is with us. And when God is with us, it doesn't matter what is against us. And so we need to trust God in every aspect, in every way in this hour. We can't get down. We must look to him. Let me say this before I close. It is, it is, the coronavirus, one of the things that it has done, it has, it has caused loneliness. Uh, because if someone is sick, we can't even go and sit with them and, and hold their hand or, or, or just be in the space where they are. People have to be quarantined. And so it, it, it bothers people just even more because they have, they feel like they're lonely. But I have a message for every person that is challenged in thinking and worrying about loneliness. 
Jesus want me to tell you that even though you can't have the, the people that you want around you, he wants me to tell you that he is with you. That even if you don't feel him, just trust and know that he's with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end. Amen. And so Jesus is with you. I know you want your loved ones to be with you. I know you want children and family to be around you. But I'm here to tell you Jesus is with you and he's going to be with you no matter what. And so while it is a challenging time because loneliness seemed to be uh, one of the things that, that caused this coronavirus to, to, to it, it, it separates us and causes us to be lonely. And so it's a challenge, but I'm here to tell you God wants you to know he is with you. And even if you're by yourself, he's with you. Amen. And even if there's not a lot of people around you, just know that he's with you. As a matter of fact, he wants you to talk to him. Hear me, somebody. I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost now. God wants you to talk to him. So when you're alone and you feel like you're alone and there's nobody there, he wants you to talk to him yes, in a conversational way. He wants you to speak to him like you would if somebody was there and you're speaking to them in conversation. Conversation. God wants you to speak to him in conversation, not in a prayer format that we've been conditioned to. Just talk to him in a conversation and let him know how you feel. Express yourself to him because God wants you to know that he's there with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You're not going to die. You're not going to be by yourself. Amen. God is with you amen. and you talk to him. Amen. 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 Oh, Help me, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I don't know what the Holy Ghost is doing, but I will just speak as he allowed me to speak. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Church, we've got a great thing going on. His name is Jesus. Amen. We've got the greatest thing going on that man can ever know about. I appreciate the efforts of all what humans are doing. I appreciate all the love we're showing one another. I appreciate how we're taking care of one another in every way that we can. But the greatest thing that we can have is Jesus Christ on our side. And if we will stay committed, his favor will just flow above abundantly in our life. Amen. Amen. My God. I, w I wish I could stay with you all night long tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I thank you for allowing me the opportunity to minister to you tonight. I thank you for just joining with us and for spreading the word and for sharing and just letting folk know about our uh, our church services and all of our platforms continue to share them, continue to let people know what God is doing in Christ Center Church. And again, if there's anything at all that we can do to be a blessing to you, to help you, if you have need in any area, and trust me, you don't have to worry, am I praying? I am praying for every one of you. I am praying for every one of us because it is God's will that we come out of this stronger than how we went in. And so we're praying for you. So trust me. God will take you through and God is there for you and will help you. So continue to pray for each other. Continue to know that God is on our side. Uh, continue to do the things that we know we're supposed to do as Christians. Take care of your family. Obey the, the government, church. Let's not be 
uh, that church that, that, that think everything, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The Bible wants us to obey the laws of the land. Amen. And so the Bible wants us to pray for our leaders. How oh, we're praying for our leaders, but we're not going to listen to what they're saying. <laughs> and so let's do all the right things so we can continue to garner the favor of God and see God work in our lives. Amen. Do so, practice social distancing, love one another. Stay close to God and we will continue to do this until God see fit to take care of whatever he wants to take care of. I love you. I thank you for tuning in. Let's pray one more time together before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word tonight and for speaking to us. Lord, we're such privileged people because, Lord, we can hear from the holies of holies. We can hear from the throne room. We can receive a word just like that from you that will give us direction and guidance in so many different things, in so many different ways. And so, God, we're thankful for this great advantage of being your children, of being in your kingdom. Now, Lord, let everything that's been spoken here by your servant, uh, let it take root in our heart and let it grow and produce good fruit. Lord, I look forward to the great things that are ahead. I look forward to the great things you will do in our families, in our homes, in our communities, Lord. I look forward to the great revival that we will see, Lord God, as you sweep throughout our world and people's eyes are open to the truth. Oh, Jesus, do whatever you want to do, Lord God. I am your servant, Lord God. Do whatever you want, Lord God. And for every one of us, Lord God, that yield, just do whatever you want in our lives. We are your children. We are your vessel, your conduit. Do whatever you want, Lord God, for you are our king. We worship you. We adore you. We honor you, Lord God. Oh, Father, bless our homes. Bless our homes, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless our children, Lord. Bless our families, oh God. Bless our friends, Lord. Bless our loved ones, Lord. Bless our communities, Lord. Bless our leaders, Lord. Give them the wisdom, Lord, to guide us and lead us in the way that will be best suited for us. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful evening.